it up for these guys again. That was just magnificent. These guys are absolutely world class. That is absolutely fantastic. I never cease to astonish me when I look at our worship team. We have so many nationalities represented up on this stage. I think we've got like eight or nine this morning, and, uh, and Ben's the only white boy up there. Oh, no, we've got a couple of other white boys as well, but I tell you what, it is such a beautiful thing. I sit here, and I worship, and I go, heaven is going to be just like this, just like this. Even better, if that's possible, I can't see how it could be, but apparently heaven is going to be even better, which is amazing. Well, it's great to be here on Resurrection Sunday and a real privilege to share with you. I want to start with something that made me smile when I read this. I heard a story of a man who arrived at an airport and he went and got his baggage off the carousel, went outside and hailed a taxi. He got in the taxi. It was an elderly man who was driving the taxi and they headed off towards their destination. So they're on a multi-lane motorway and they get about 15 minutes into the journey and the man in the back seat realizes he wants to ask the taxi driver a question. So he reaches forward, says, excuse me, sir, and taps the taxi driver on the shoulder. Well, the cafe, exp- I mean, the taxi exploded into action. The, cafe, uh, the taxi driver shrieked. The taxi swerves in and out of traffic, careers through three lanes of traffic to finally get over on the shoulder where the driver does a huge handbrake stop and skids to a finish, sits there panting and clearly terrified. Well, the passenger in the back is also terrified. And he says, what the heck was that all about? The taxi driver said, I am so sorry, sir. This is my first day on the job. The guy says, first day on the job? That is not an excuse. He says, yeah, but I've been driving a hearse for the last 30 years. Nothing like, nothing like driving a hearse, I reckon, to bring home the reality of death, death that we are all going to face. And here we are on Easter Sunday, and we are looking today at a statement that Jesus made that is specifically and directly about death. Now, it's an interesting story. It begins when a friend of Jesus's, a guy by the name of Lazarus, got sick, like got really really sick. They're friends. The family is friends of Jesus. We don't know how they met or we're not sure how the connection is, but it's obviously a a close and ongoing relationship. And so Lazarus's sisters sent a message to Jesus to let him know that Lazarus was sick and asking and hoping that he would come because they knew what Jesus could do. In John 11, 3, we read the message, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, many of us have experienced this, right? Bad news in the middle of a good life. In fact, maybe some of you are in that situation right now. Maybe you've heard a message like that. Maybe it's the one you love is sick. Someone that you are close to has got an illness, is struggling with a physical or a mental problem that's outside of their control. Maybe some of you have heard the news, the job that you love is ending. Maybe you've heard or you're grappling with the reality that the relationship that you love is in trouble. Or maybe it's the teenager that resides in a bedroom in your house is in a really tough place. Bad news is a really big deal for us. It's part of life. And when bad news comes our way while trying to find solutions, what do we do? We pray, 
We turn to God. We ask him to intervene. And that's exactly what Martha and Mary did. So what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus did something that appears inexplicable. He, instead of immediately rushing to where Lazarus was, he stayed where he was a couple of extra days and then went down to arrive with the family, not in time to save Lazarus, but after he'd been dead for four days. But God had a purpose. It's a pretty poignant story, really. Everyone is grieving. Obviously, the family is well known. Martha and Mary are deeply disappointed that Jesus wasn't there to save Lazarus. They're trying not to be angry and bitter about that. And no doubt everyone is giving them the standard Jewish line of condolence. Your brother will rise again. It's the equivalent of our, I'm so sorry for your loss. In fact, Jesus himself said that to the sisters when he arrived. We read this in John chapter 11, 21. Lord, Martha said to Mary, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You sense the tension in her butt. She said, I, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. It was a standard line. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus said to her this extraordinary statement. He said, I, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you've read this, you know how the story goes. Jesus went on to uh, call Lazarus out of the tomb. It must have been quite extraordinary seeing this dead guy all wrapped up in you know, rags or bandages or whatever they used back then comes staggering out of the, this hole in the hill while Jesus is standing back. And, and it must have been extraordinary. How come iPhones weren't invented then? But Jesus did something extraordinary. Then he demonstrated his power over death in such a way that Lazarus became quite a celebrity. People would, would go to see this guy that Jesus had raised from the dead. This was a different order of things that had ever happened before. And the story goes on. Not more than a month later, Jesus himself went through death, was taken. That's what we celebrate this weekend. Tortured, crucified for our sins declared dead, put in a tomb, and then three days later, he walked out, alive forevermore. And we need to understand that this resurrection is a different kind of a thing. See, resurrection isn't a set of conditions that must be met. Resurrection is a person who must be met. It's, a, it's an entirely different kind of a thing. It's the difference, for example, between a rescue and a rescuer. I don't know if you know any rescuers in your life. Maybe you're married to a rescuer. Uh, you know, they're the kind of people, they're just, they're just always rescuing things. They're rescuing birds, they're rescuing people, they're rescuing neighbors. If there's a problem, they can't help but go and get involved because that's just what they do. And you see, the, the difference between a rescue and a rescuer is the same kind of a thing that we see between a resurrection and the one who is the resurrection. One is a thing that happened, the other is a thing that keeps happening. So let me illustrate this by backing up the story a little bit. 24 hours earlier in an upper room, Jesus made some statements to his small group of followers that were later recorded so that we can hear and understand them. Jesus tells them that he is leaving them. John chapter 13, verse 36. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Like, well, this is weird. What are you talking about? 
Where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. John 14, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus answered, oh, oh, you misunderstand. I am the way. Jesus was very clear what was going on. He said he was going away and then he was coming back and he was going to take them to be with him. He was going to die and then he was going to rise again to life and the same thing was going to be available to them. Jesus conquered death. Now this is such a powerful thought for us. That it's actually through Jesus, not through a set of conditions, not through a a certain pathway we've got to follow, not through a, a particular set of rules that if we follow them and keep them correctly and religiously we're going to sneak in and and we're going to find the way and we're going to get there and there's going to be a checklist and we've ticked it all off it's a completely different thing it's not about that it's about him he is the way it's through him if we have him if we see him if we know him then that is all we need and it's the same with the resurrection the resurrection is not an event it's not a set of conditions if the conditions are right if, if we've got the right medical team with, with, the, with the paddles, if we've got the right adrenaline, if we've got the right things, then resurrection can happen. It's not that kind of a thing. He is the resurrection. And if we have him, then resurrection is available to us as well. And what's fascinating about this resurrection is that it absolutely, unequivocally changed the world. We talked on Friday about how we tend to preach the cross But if you go through the book of Acts, you find that the disciples preached the resurrection. The resurrection was the game changer. The resurrection redefined everything, especially on the revelation that Jesus is the resurrection. We have to ask the question, as Shane brought up earlier, how did 12 peasant fishermen, tax collectors, subsistence farmers living under the shadow of the greatest power ever seen on earth up until that day, how in the world did they multiply those 12 followers to become, even if you just read Encyclopedia Britannica, says that one in three people on the planet today acknowledge that Christ is Lord. How did that happen? The answer is the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus didn't just change everything. Get this it still changes everything because he's alive. The resurrection declared that Jesus was God. If Jesus was just a man, he would have died. He would have simply died on that cross. He would have died as some great teacher, you know, trying to kind of make a way for others, trying to kind of take on himself something. But but he would have just died if he was a man. But the fact that he rose back to life again shows us again that he is a different order of thing. And what happened there is different. Jesus was God. Secondly, death 
had been defeated. See, this wasn't a resuscitation that happened. It wasn't just what was dead or nearly dead, that there was some sort of spark there somewhere that with the right, with the right input we could bring back to life. This wasn't a resuscitation. This was a resurrection. Death had been defeated. Death, see, death was the final consequence of sin. Right? You go back into Genesis and you read about when sin came into the world and, and God says, so, so because of this thing, death now happens. Death is the final word. But now, now Jesus has taken death out of the equation. Death, it doesn't finish at death. We go through death and now there's something else. Jesus has opened the way through himself so that death is no longer the final word. And then thirdly, the ministry of Jesus still continues. Because he is alive. It wasn't stopped when he was killed. It was just relaunched. It was rebranded. It was set on, on a different track with a different power because of the resurrection. Pastor and author Rick Warren says, No other event has impacted the world so much as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing to think about the influence of Jesus considering that he never did any of the things that we connect with significant global influence. He never had an Instagram account. He never had followers on Facebook. He didn't have a YouTube account. I mean, there's a whole generation of people going, are you serious? Yet today, he has followed by peasants, by peddlers, by artists, by athletes, by kings and queens, by royalty and rock stars. I was listening again last night to a fascinating interview that happened with Bono, the lead singer of one of the greatest rock bands arguably on the planet, U2, talking about for him and for his family, it is all about Jesus. And yes, he does. He does pray to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is alive and he says for him, prayer is, is not a particularly formal thing. For him and his family, he says prayer tends to happen on the bed. We've got a big bed. All the kids come and jump on the bed. We tend to be a little bit informal, but we pray for the people that we know who are going through tough times. That's how we do it. But we pray to Jesus because he is alive. And, and he was asked the question, so you believe in miracles? And Bono laughs. He goes, absolutely, I believe in miracles. He said, I am a miracle. You know, Jesus never wrote a book. In fact, he never wrote anything down. And yet today there are more books written about Jesus than any other single subject in the world. Jesus never composed a song. But today there is more music in existence written about Jesus Christ than any other subject bar none in history. Jesus never drew any pictures. He never did any sculpture. But more art has been made about Jesus Christ than any other subject in history. Jesus never traveled more than 100 miles, absolute maximum, from where he was born. And yet you can find followers of Jesus in every nook and cranny on the planet, every mountain, every valley, every country, every continent, every nation. You will find people who call Jesus Lord. He never commanded an army, and yet now more people pledge allegiance to him than all the armies that ever marched. And thousands of years earlier, the prophets proclaimed what Jesus would do. 
that he would pay for mankind's sin, that he would reconcile mankind, you and me, he would reconcile us to God in a world marked by our mistakes, and that he would rise from the dead to never-ending life, and that is what he did. You know, Christianity, the message of Jesus, this life, this death, and most importantly, this resurrection is good news that should be splashed across every newspaper on the planet, should be on every person's Facebook page. It should be out there because literally nothing changes a life like Jesus. Amen. We'll get the team up now as we just come towards a close. But, you know, the resurrection makes a difference in four profound ways. And I, I want us to... I want us to leave today with just a little bit of an understanding about what the resurrection means for you. What does it mean for you and me? You know, because of the resurrection, we have forgiveness of sins. In Romans chapter 4, verse 25, Paul writes, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. See, we, we, we sometimes think that, that it's because of the cross that we are forgiven. Absolutely on the cross, he took our sin. He paid for that. But he was raised to life, Paul says, that we might be made new. That we might be made just as if we had never sinned. That is the power of the resurrection. I mentioned on Friday, the world-famous psychiatrist Carl Menninger once said that if he could convince that patients in psychiatric hospitals all over the world that their sins were forgiven. This is what he said. If I could convince patients that their sins were forgiven, 75% of them would walk out healed the next day. The second way that the resurrection makes a difference is that it creates freedom from death. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For to me, Paul says... To live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in this body, that will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. Not just to depart and be dead, but because through death I come into a new experience of life with Jesus because he promised he would take me to where he is, to his Father's house, where he's prepared a place for me. I desire to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Absolutely, we, we still fear dying. We still fear the, the unknown possibilities of, you know, is it going to hurt? What's it going to be like when we go through that? But death is not the final word. Death is not the finish that is what the resurrection was all about. And through Jesus, as we go through death, we come out the other side into something else. And I'm honest, I'll be honest with you. I can't wait. Some days I can't wait more than others. The third thing is, is that the resurrection gives us faith for the future. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, the resurrection, you will be saved. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself. All this is for our benefit. For our benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I remember many years ago, a woman came up to me once after I'd I, I'd been preaching a message similar to this. And she says what she said to me. She said, well, she says, I guess you've just got to hope you make it. I was shocked. I said to her, oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't, I don't hope that I'm going to make it. I know that I'm going to make it. I have an assurance because of the promises of God, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because He did what He said He was going to do, and because He did that then, I know He'll do what He said He's going to do for me in the future. It's a done deal. The fourth thing is this, is that the resurrection gives us the final word. Revelation 1, 17 and 18, He placed His right hand on me, And he said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. John has this revelation. Jesus comes to him in this vision, places his hand on him, says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the last. You know, the last thing is not death. The last thing is Jesus. I am the living one. I was dead, but now look, he says, look, he says, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the the keys of death and hell he is alive he has risen just as he said and if he has risen just as he said then he will raise us up just as he said as Paul says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside you and me it's interesting how the scripture says it's a what it's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. What a beautiful thing. Just a couple of years ago, I had the great privilege of sitting in an auditorium and listening to a woman who was one of the ones who had lost her child in the 2008 Mangatsapopo tragedy. And I was so struck by one statement that she made. This is what she said. She says, She said, I get so pumped at Easter because I always remember that because Jesus rose from the dead, so did our kids. Because Jesus rose from the dead, so did our kids. And they are getting to live the abundant life that Christ promised right now. I'm telling you. When you hear that from someone who's been to that place, I find myself out of excuses. Jesus is the final word. He is the resurrection. We don't have to fear death. We can have faith for the future because of what happened today, 2,000 years ago. Can we all stand together just for a moment? You know, if you're here today on this special Sunday and you don't know Jesus, and you've never had that moment to, to maybe invite Christ into your life. Maybe you've never handed your life over. Let me say to you that the Bible says that 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him, whoever, me, you, whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God wants us to know Him and experience His love in this life and the life to come. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. Because of that, we're we're distanced. We, we, We can't know or experience God's love or plan for our lives. But as we heard today, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through Jesus, alive right now, through Him, we can know and experience God's love and plan for our lives. The Bible also says that for whoever receives Him, to whomever believes in His name, He gives the right to become children of God. You know, it's just a simple thing to make a decision to give your life to Christ. I did it in a gas station three in the morning when I was 22 years old. Haven't regretted it for a moment. If this is your morning, if this is your moment, then I'd love to lead you in a prayer of giving your life to Christ. Can we all bow our heads together just for a moment? Let's be praying. I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer with me if, if what I'm saying is speaking to your heart this morning. Pray something as simple as this. Follow along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. I confess I am a sinner. I have rejected you as the rightful authority in my life. But I believe Jesus came for me, that he is the way, the truth, and the life for me. And this morning I put my faith in him. Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you live in my heart? Would you make me your child right now? In Jesus' name. And we'll keep our eyes closed and heads bad just for a moment because I just want to say, if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment and I'd love to include you in that prayer. I'd just love to know who I'm praying for this morning. If you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe you prayed it for the 10th time, maybe maybe you prayed it because actually you've drifted from God. I'd just love, love you to signal to me that I'm praying for you just by lifting your hand up give me a wave in just a moment if that's you if you prayed that prayer with me this morning would you just right now throw your hand up like this give me a wave say yeah Mike that was me would you include me in that prayer God bless you bro that's fantastic anyone else here this morning that's so good anyone else here this morning just looking around praise God that's so good anyone else here that's just wonderful thank you Lord there's nothing like that moment when we come back to Jesus You know, and here's the crazy thing. Some of us have been following Christ for years and actually we've just drifted. And we need to pray that that as well. We need to take this moment to come back to Him as well. Let me pray. Mighty God, I thank you for every person here today who said, yeah, that's me, God. Yeah, I prayed that prayer. Jesus, I need you at a different level in my life. God, I surrender my life and destiny to you. God, come and fill my heart. God, I pray for every person who prayed that prayer that you will fill them with your spirit, Lord, right now. God, from the soles of their feet to the top of their head, God. God, right now, Holy Spirit, you'll just 
flow through them, God. Renew their heart, God. Give them a fresh understanding. Lord, that their sins are forgiven. God, that their future is secured. God, they don't have to fear death or anything else. God, that you are the one who will lead them through everything and anything that comes. God, we thank you for every person who made that decision today. God, I thank you for every person that is here. God, that is here because they love you and they want to honor you in their lives. God, we pray your blessing on each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to sing a final song in just a moment. And just take a moment to celebrate and honor Jesus. But before we do, I'm going to invite Shane up here just to, just to tell us a few final things as we wrap up. Thanks, Shane. Hi, before, um, before we have the prayer for our uh, today's offering, please allow me to remind you that um, this Connect card on your seat is for everything you would like to communicate with us, from joining a small group um, to sign up for girls' check, for baptism, or even just a prayer request, because we would love to pray for you as a team in our church. So please take a few moments if you would like to ask, uh, like us to know anything, just filling this Connect card. So um, just let's come past the mic say before, we don't, like, we don't like bad news in our life. So God give us the best news for our life. And also He has chosen us to be the messenger deliver the good news to other people who they are still in the bad situation. So today, when we give, when we have, when we contribute, what we have, we will be a part of the ministry of God in this world. We will be able to participate, expand His kingdom for the glory of God in this world. So let's pray for our offering today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for empower us. Thank you for enable us to do this for you. God, you will bless everyone here today. You will also bless the people who will be reached by us. God, you will make our contribution become a powerful, powerful tool to deliver your good news to those people in their life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing one last song. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in His name. Thanks be to God.
Hallelujah! Thank you for coming today. What a wonderful, wonderful morning. So please, please don't forget to sign up for Girls Track if you like to find out your purpose. And also, especially for our dear um, first-time visitors, please don't run away after the service. Uh, have a chat with our team at the guest lounge at your left hand side when you work out of the store. And also, filling your connect card, you will have a wonderful, wonderful coffee from us. Thank you, and have a wonderful and peaceful week. God bless you. See you next week.